Eric Dollard, I started hearing him uh, talk about virtual ground with regard to Tesla's magnifying transmitter. He said the uniqueness of that means of transmission is that since you're transmitting through the Earth, you can't use the Earth as a ground plane anymore. You have to use counter space as the ground plane. And okay, I thought that's nice, square root of negative one, but there's more. Now recently, in conjunction with Adrian Marsh, they gave a little talk, and in the midst of that talk, um, Adrian uh, or Eric, Eric brought up that the tabletop, the bench that they were doing their experiment on, was a wooden instrument, but it was covered with an inset, what looked like an aluminum sheet inset into the top of the tabletop and he said that was virtual ground and uh, Adrian pointed out yes that's important because it helps curve the uh, arcing of the uh, golden ratio lightning that they were erupting and emitting um, it curved it downwards towards that aluminum sheet well now I can link that virtual that floating capacitance that virtual ground I can which is a type of common ground in a sense but it's a virtual it's well it's a floating capacitance common ground type of common ground now I can link that virtual ground to what he was describing about Tesla's magnifying transmitter that it was grounded to counter space because capacitance is reactance and reactance is particularly of the capacitant variety is the embodiment of the square root of negative one. Especially when you have a floating capacitance that goes nowhere. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, can't, it can't be anything other than pure imaginary numbers, pure, pure uh, reactance. It, it's purely counter space. So this is what Tesla was using in his magnifying transmitter when Eric says he was using counter space as the ground plane. He was using floating capacitance as the ground plane. Now, I'll take a guess what that was in the physical embodiment was the uh, aluminum dome or shell or uh, sphere or donut that he had on top of the Wardenclyffe aerial. It was not an aerial per se because he wasn't transmitting through the air and no sparks erupted from that, uh, the top of that tower. It was his virtual ground plane. Now, if that's the case, it's actually a, it's a, it's a variation of what Adrian Marsh and Eric Dollard were performing in their bench experiment because it has a single wire connection I think, no, actually the coil beneath it, actually no, I think the shell just sits there. You know, in the, in the Colorado Springs experiments, it, there was a ball atop an aerial, and I don't know if the aerial was conductive or not, if it was a wooden rod, I think it was metallic. Well, I'm going to presume a, a single wire transmission that terminates in a globe or surface. Oh, shit. That's what the Amon brothers used. 
So that's their two common grounds. Their two virtual grounds. They have two of them. Ah. Now this is getting interesting because it's also a short. The shell is a um, is a sh- uh, an, a short of for for current to flow to circulate. And of course, uh, the shell of the earth is the same thing. So you're you're constructing your own hollow earth by having a, a hollow sphere for an aerial. It's your own virtual ground. Um, whether or not it's an aerial, whether or not it's doubling as an aerial. Um, in any case, this is uh, if if I'm assuming that that sphere was connected by a single line connection, it may not have been. But if it was, it would be an example of what Mitko Gorgiev has been describing, in which you have this long single wire connection of a you know, a, a terminated uh, transmission line that's lo- long enough, it becomes, it, it, you end up exhibiting the flow of current in it. Um, and I think it's similar, well, maybe not, because he didn't terminate it with a, sh- uh, a self-looping short at the end. Then it might become purely compa- um then it might be a version of virtual ground. See, now I'm getting into other... Yeah. It's not exactly the same as what Adrian Marsh and Eric Dollard had used on their bench because that was a purely floating capacitor. A a purely floating capacitance. A single plate. But here it's a little different. In the case of Mitko Gorgiev, which is similar or but not exactly the same, as uh, Tesla's Wardenclyffe Tower, um, when you have a terminated transmission line that's connected one end to something, and it terminates the other end, it terminates into free space on the other side. It matters slightly, I guess, whether or not that the end point, the terminus of the transmission line, has a self-short or not. Because it, if it does have a self-short, then it's Tesla's Wardenclyffe Tower. But if it does not, um, it may still serve as a virtual ground, maybe, maybe not, because you've got current going on in there. But if you have a self short at the end, well, I, I don't know, maybe I should not speculate that there's current at the uh, self-shorted end. Maybe it becomes a virtual ground because it, it neutralizes current flow because the two ends are self-shorted, so why should there be current? Uh, the voltage potentials are going to be the same. Uh, it, it neutralizes voltage differences. Um, yeah, that might be an enhancement. So it could be that an open transmission line is a floating plate of sorts, or it's on the way to de- in its development to become one. If we go further and make um, a, a self a self looping short at the terminus, um, at the free end, 
And then if we take away the um, transmission line and, and open up that um, shell or, or self-looping short to be a flat plate that's floating or a line that's floating, uh, preferably a sheet or a plate, then we have a purely true virtual ground in its pure state. So there are different variations of the virtual ground concept. Obviously, like anything else, there's always compromises that we can make or we may be forced to make under circumstances and still qualify partly or fully um, to be what we intend it to be. Um, so, whatever. That's my uh, podcast for the morning. <laughs>